stories here to tell. Feed the fire, merry meat, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. Hello, everybody. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. I don't have any chatter, but I did want to say to those of you listening, I am going through it. And because of that, my energy is fucking weird. And so I'm not going to apologize because I can't do anything about it. But I just wanted you to know that if I don't seem like my normally effervescent self today, it's because of stuff. So I don't want to be like fake and eat to you. So. Just know that I feel shitty, and I am glad to be here talking to you. So if I seem a little subdued, I am. <laughs> and yet somehow I would place bets on the fact that she'll come up with some really amazing clip <laughs> that I want to put on a t-shirt. I'm <laughs> just saying. I'm still stuck on super unfortunate bitch figure. I have that now as a soundbite nice. that I will be posting for everyone on Instagram. By the time you hear this episode, <laughs> it will be out because I'm posting it tonight. It's so funny. I love her. It really gave, it gave me a kick. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm feeling physically better. I had a really great PT thing today, everybody. Yay. Which, if you were on Instagram, <laughs> thank you, Jenna Matlin. I am doing something that scares the shit out of me, which I am walking Cody He's so slow at the beginning. is so beautiful. I wanted to share it with our listeners. And it's also a time where I'm breathing and bringing down my shoulders and trying to give him that calm energy. And so I did it yesterday. Let's see. That would have been by the time you, if when, whenever you hear this, that would have been March. 15th. Oh, the Ides of March. Oh, yeah, that was yesterday. <laughs> and it was the calmest day of this week, according to all what all the planets are doing. Nobody was looking at my yeah. day when they made that decision. <laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete. I don't know how many of you are all going to show up. If you do, you do. If you don't, you don't. If you watch them later, that's great. But I'm trying to take pictures of scenery as often as I can and do just five or 10 minutes of breath work and showing you how beautiful it is and showing you my adorable puppy because I cannot get enough of him. He is adorable and I, I love, love him. his little face. Yeah. He's got the coolest eyes. I think having a dog again is very good for you. It's been very healing. Yeah. yeah. Also, and, he's a sweet little angel. Oh my gosh, he's so sweet. And he, I was telling my writing group this, I don't know why we're so hard on ourselves sometimes because this kid has trauma. Mm -hmm. major trauma and it is starting to express itself sometimes in fear sometimes in like a two-year-old throwing a tantrum I kid you not that happened today after we got back from our walk I have such patience and love and kindness for him because I know he's been through this trauma and what he needs and the love that he needs the care that he needs in order to find his magic here with us why don't we do that for ourselves <laughs> just naturally it's that long-running joke. Of course everybody deserves kindness and grace. Well, what about when you screw up? Oh, no, no. I'm a, I'm a disaster. <laughs> I'm a failure. I don't deserve that. Yeah. You do. You do. You do deserve that. Go, go easy with yourself. And at that point, I also want to remind you, pain is not a competitive sport. Nope. It doesn't matter if you didn't grow up with any trauma, if you had a great childhood and stuff like that, when you're in pain, you're in pain. Yeah. And don't go, oh, but such Some and such. Some people have it worse. So much worse. No. Like, no. that's always going to be true, but yeah. that doesn't make your situation any less true. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. That was just, I thought of something right before we started, and it totally went out of my oh, head. no. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Maybe it'll come back. Maybe it will. But really, I'm so excited and terrified to talk about this wonderful character oh, maleficent yeah. we've got witches in media today friends we, we're we talking do. about maleficent maleficent i've heard it pronounced that a couple ways as well so it's maleficent <laughs> i don't know why. yeah maleficent that would be my southern accent well, coming out maleficent. i always think of where i'm from there's a street called mullinex 
Ooh. But it's not se- it's not spelled Molinex. It's spelled Molinix, but everybody calls it Molinex. Oh, wow. Which is, so I think that it's just way of pronouncing colloquialism. Can you say it one more time for me? Maleficent? Maleficent. Not yeah, Maleficent. Yeah, it's because of, it's based off of a word that means bad or evil. Oh, like malevolent? Oh, yeah. we just want to jump right into yeah. it. I have just a very little, little bit of library. Oh, yeah, we're going to go to the library. Let's yeah. go to the library. I miss those cozy leather armchairs. We're at the library and I just want to give you a little bit of context. I will definitely be putting in some links for you for the show notes because you can go down a rabbit hole of goody, goody, goodness. The context of the animated film, we're going to start there and then we'll move to the most recent one that was rewritten and reimagined. It came out in 1959. Maleficent has, I'm just going to say it, y'all. That's how how I hear it. So that's how I'm going to say it. And now I'm going to talk in a Southern accent the rest of the day. She has no backstory. She was just always evil. They needed an evil character. And you do some of the research for that. You'll find that. That took me to not only written in 1959, but Disney. Disney in general. And they've gotten better. And they're LGBTQIA plus friendly now. And <laughs> at least they seem to be. Or yeah, they're trying to be. They do write most of the time by their people. I know a ton of people who work for the mouse. <laughs> Strangely, all of them are uh, lesbians. Yeah. But Disney in 1959 and before and for a long time afterwards was not alone in this, but they were amplifying the absent mother or the evil stepmother, or if there wasn't either of those, like Maleficent, who was evil. She was just another woman in this young maiden's life, this pure maiden young girl. It created this culture of making women mistrust other women. And then the only people they had to go to if they were really in trouble were other men, like their dad who more likely than not would not have their back. If they went to their mom, their moms had so much self-hatred and, well, I dealt with that and so you will just have to too. I know this because I've read my mother's letters to her cousins when they got out of abusive situations. It's been really eye-opening, like literally a letter from 1963, which I'm going to do something with that. Back to going here magic. If you were a woman in this time or in a, a Disney film, what it was teaching young women is that if you were in trouble, if you had an abusive spouse or the desire for a career out of the home or a desire not to have kids, you were just... <laughs> you were wrong. You were bad. You were wrong. Yeah. And if you were a woman with real power and not just fairies, nice, cute little fairies who were able to grant sweet little wishes... But a real witch who had power, who could use it, you were evil. You were known as evil. You should be ostracized. You should be out of the community. You shouldn't. And this is the kind of woman that if you're not careful and you don't keep the other women in line, you could turn into and you'll use your power for evil because you're not, you're not to be trusted with your magic. You're not to be trusted with your power. Disney was doing that really well. That message was in the culture, women's culture, and also BIPOC and all of that when we headed into the civil rights movement of the 60s. And so the propaganda and fear-mongering kept women isolated from each other, kept women isolated from other races, and they made bad choices and left BIPOC women behind. Women were made, white women were made just comfortable enough to not bite back. So Mm -hmm. exactly. That's what makes them, us, all of that demographic such a challenge today. It is because it's still happening. Still happening. And because they've also been, I think, really conditioned by the misuse of the Bible and also the culture we still have of, oh, you're young and beautiful and isn't that awesome? And, you know, I I love you because you're young and beautiful, not for what you are, but for what you look like. And if you don't look like that, other women see how those women are treated. And that's really prevalent in some spaces. Yeah. And in modern day, and then we're going to get out to the bonfire 
the modern day Wooverton. And ever since Beauty and the Beast, the the film, she's been writing or co-writing or has been part of the story concept and creation before it gets to the screenwriter. And she is known for her strong female characters. You will not have a film with her writing it or a Broadway musical without a strong female protagonist. She's the one who wrote the screenplay for Maleficent. She's also written the books for Broadway shows, some Disney shows, but also Aida and Lestat. I just find Lestat so interesting. I didn't know that was a musical. Yeah, it's weird for me because we've been, for some reason, talking about it a lot lately. I guess there are a couple really good songs from it, but the it didn't quite work. <laughs> um, Sometimes musicals do be like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but her work in creating sovereignty and choice for women is prolific. And as I was telling Corey before we started, I would love to say that she did that for people with wombs who aren't women, but I haven't seen any evidence of that. I've seen a lot of evidence of her anti-racism, and she was amazing with what she did with The Lion King. We all have opportunities for growth when it comes to intersectionality. We do. We do. And again, she may be. She may be absolutely wonderful. I just couldn't find anything about that. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about that? Just that I think that there's always been kind of a joke about, what is it with Disney always killing off the mom? Yeah. Like always, always, always. Always, Bambi. And you just got to <laughs> remember that those choices are not coincidences uh, and that they are 100% intentional. And the whole, I'm really grateful that the idea, like, those little innocuous phrases like, well, you don't want to grow up to be a spinster kind of shit, yeah. like that stuff. I'm really grateful that that is more and more becoming something that when somebody says it, the people around them go, what? Like, what are you talking, ew, what are you talking about? Because women have more options now. My favorite response to that is, that's fucked up, man. I love the cartoon, so I'm excited to talk about the cartoon. I very I remember very little of the live action with Angelina Jolie, but we will also talk about that. <laughs> we will also talk about that. One more thing I do want to say about Aurora is that this whole Briar Rose, the princess Sleeping Beauty, in case you don't know, she her agency is also completely taken away. And not by Maleficent. <laughs> Like, she puts a curse on her, right? And it's about the spindle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maleficent didn't banish her to the woods with fairies. Maleficent didn't take the choice away from her about how to make her own choices in regards to being cursed. Nobody told her she was cursed, mm-hmm. which is really fucked. And I think that it sucks that nobody talks about... People talk about, like, the ickiness of this prince kissing her while she's unconscious and that whole concept but they don't talk about the fact that her agency over her own destiny was completely taken away from her by people who were supposed to love her and that that's an incredibly important part of the story that i think is more sort of insidious than maleficent ever could be in the story but that's just my take on the cartoon (laughs) And also kind of the live action one, because again, banished to the fucking woods without any kind of information. Nobody gave the poor sweet little girl any information because she couldn't handle it. Gross. I'd rather have bad news than no news. That's all I know. (laughs) I don't have any library stuff. Cool. Because I didn't do the kind of rad context research you did. (laughs) No, I just just got a bee in my bonnet about this I'm glad you did, though, because understanding media is really important. Mm -hmm. Media literacy is really important, and- like, I have a nostalgic soft spot for a lot of Disney films, mm-hmm. but I also recognize that they are coded. Like, they are 100% coded to be sending us very specific message mm-hmm. to children who will grow up and internalize those things. So I used to think, oh, my God, true love's kiss to wake you up from a spell? That's the most romantic thing I've ever heard. And right. now I'm like, if you touch me while I am asleep, <laughs> you are going to wake, I'm going to wake up and you're going to have less teeth. Like... I'm going to bite your face off. (laughs) Don't come near me. Uh, She has a peach with teeth on her body for a reason, people. I love that tattoo. I do, too. I'm so glad that the burn I got didn't hurt it any. 
Oh, I bumped into the fireplace one day. I was in my bathrobe and I was cold. I was doing what I call toasting my buns in yeah. front of the fireplace. And I turned just wrong and <gasps> I bumped the metal hearth with my leg and it blistered up pretty bad. But the tattoo is fine. Oh. If anything, it looks a little more badass now. Oh, my God. It's fine. It's just skin. <laughs> <laughs> it's just skin and it didn't hurt the tattoo. So we're all OK, people. Wow. But okay. I would love to talk about Maleficent a little yeah. more at the bonfire. Yeah, let's get out there. All right. Yeah. Here we are. I want s'mores. There's oh my gosh. You want what? That sounds so good. Yeah. There's more Girl Scout cookies out there these days. Yeah. Yeah. I, those little brats were outside the Trader Joe's. <laughs> God bless them. <laughs> and I went out. This is a little tangent. I went out and got some stuff at T. Joe's last week for a dinner. And I saw them and I was like, Say cash or cart. And they were like, we have a Venmo. And I was like, sick. I'll be here on my way out. Oh. And I bought four boxes. I was like, hey, are there any of the raspberry ones that came out this year? And the reaction I got from that was so strange because two of the girls were like, ugh. And then one of the girls was like, they're so good. And then the mom was like, I'm guessing it was somebody's mom. It was the group mom, yeah. the, the troop mom. She was like, those sold out in like a day. Oh. Because they were just Whoa. online. And so people could just order them online. And apparently the reaction to them is a very mixed bag because some people think they're disgusting. Some people think they're great. But they're basically Thin Mints but raspberry. Oh, my god! Which I think sounds incredible. I've never had them. They're new. Oh. They were going to be new this year. They're the new flavor. So I just got a couple Tagalongs, some Thin Mints, and some Adventurefuls because I love Tagalongs. I allowed myself some s'mores cookies that Tammy brought home. And she did our usual one box of everything. And I was like, you have to take those to school or I will eat them. And they have gluten. In and them. the gluten will make you upset, your body upset. Yeah. But the, you know what? Those s'mores ones, They're they so were tasty. totally worth it. They're so tasty. Yeah. And the Adventure Falls are so good. I like the oh, Chewy Center. I did too. I did Ugh. too. God, I love. Yeah. Hey, buy cookies if you can from yeah. your local Girl Scouts because they do really great work. Oh my gosh. And so many of them are future lesbians. <laughs> And it's so true. many of them are future leaders as well. <laughs> oh, yes. And that's much more important. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. But seriously, it's a really great program that allows little girls to grow into strong women. Um, Well-rounded women. I love the Girl Scouts. I love their cookies. So. Yeah. And I'm sure Maleficent would have as well. Probably. I need you to pronounce it for me now. You can I know just say it the okay, way you're saying okay. it. There's nothing wrong with that. <sighs> okay. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's just the difference between saying herb and herb, really. Herbs. I love herbs. Anyway. Yeah. Our our gal. Our, our gal. Our woman. She just wanted to go to a fucking party. Yeah. She just wanted to be included. She just wanted to be included. And Detta mentioned the... Did I mention the element of the original story being that she was just always evil? She was just designed to always be evil, but with a more critical eye in a different time and place. Mm -hmm. It is. I all I could think I remember when I was little was, but why is she so mad? Like, why does everybody hate her so much? And already the terrible indoctrination had begun of like these are the colors that are villains these are the like neon green and purple and black that's villain my colors favorites. my favorite fucking colors my favorites and like i it took me a while to get to neon green and like strong women power not, not strong i'm not even gonna say strong because i don't know that that is the word i mean or want mm. here but like powerful women are they're bad you don't want to be like that. You want to be like the sweet little princess. And I always thought that's very strange because both are fine. <laughs> like both are fine. You can be a sweet little princess, but you can also be Maleficent. And my question was always, what the heck happened to her that made her feel like this was the way that she needed to protect herself from the world? Because that is what it is. She is protecting herself from the world. And there is very little evidence of like ongoing antagonizing of the people of the kingdom. She's just this shadowy figure that lives in a mountain. But nobody talks about blighted crops. Nobody talks mm -mm. about abductions. Nobody talks about evil spells being done on anybody. So like why 
why? And the whole not being invited thing, she plays it off like it's funny, like it's like she's above it. Yeah. And in a voice that is just sexy. Let's just be honest. The woman who uh, played Maleficent's you- voice. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so hot. And so true. <laughs> and she's just like, what an awkward situation. And I'm yeah. like, ma'am, <gasps> ma'am. <laughs> but like, I think that that would hurt so much. And she showed up knowing she wasn't invited. Like mm-hmm. she knew that her invitation to get she lost. She was crashing. She knew she, knew she was crashing. And yeah. like how much that must have hurt. And I have said one million times, and I will say one million more, women don't just snap. No. They don't just snap. And very rarely is anyone born evil. Very rarely. So rarely. And she didn't just snap. She responded in a way that I think, I mean, I don't think it's right to put a curse on a baby, but like... For the way that she is treated, that's not an outlandish jump that she would do something like that. I don't think that you should put a curse on a baby. I want to make that like so clear. <laughs> <laughs> no cursing babies, people. No cursing babies. Don't do it. But I think that what her family did was worse. I think that what her family did was worse by taking away her power to do anything about her own date. Destiny. I do too. Yeah. And those too. fairies were worse. And... Because they were like, we'll take her away. We'll keep her in ignorance in the woods. Well, and the king wanted that. Yeah, he was like, sick. I love that idea. Great. Yeah. In the movie, I get sad because she's just like vibing in a castle with her weird little goblins and her beautiful raven. And she gets a bee in her bonnet about this baby because of this, because of her family, Yeah. which is like not good. You don't want to get fixated and, and continue to let it consume you like that, but it's not a leap. Mm-hmm. The actions and reactions mm-hmm. that she had are not a leap. And also, she's a badass dragon. Like, how cool is she that? She does turn into a badass dragon. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. I cannot wait to talk about that. Please. And we can talk about it now if you Please. want to. I, I did forget one thing in the library. So I, I didn't go far enough back because we I was so angry today about Disney again, <laughs> as I get every once in a while as because, you know, I've had to do a lot of soul searching and coming to Jesus talks with Disney. But I was also reminded of your, I think you said this a long time ago, and I definitely felt it to my core is that, you know, how far do women have to be pushed before they break? They and don't just my, Yeah. And my other response to that is, is... <sighs> Why do we have to wait to be pushed far in order to fight back? The thing I forgot was, of course, this was originally a Mm folktale. And then the Grimm's brothers took it. But in the very original, oh my gosh, I didn't write it down, so I hope I remember. It was supposedly a tale of the lunar year and telling about the lunar year because there were a lot of fairies there. And the 13th fairy was wicked and evil, and that was Maleficent. Hmm. I want to like look it up here if, if I can find it. I can see what you mean about going down rabbit holes researching this, because yeah. I want to do that right now and talk about I found this someplace else, but I have pulled up here Wikipedia, and I'm sure there's, well, I know there is because I've seen it. There are a lot of other things, but the analysis of it, according to Wikipedia, is that some folklorists have analyzed Sleeping Beauty as indicated as indicating the replacement of the lunar year with its 13 months symbolically depicted by the full 13 fairies, by the solar year, which has 12 symbolically, the invited fairies. This, however, founders founders on the issues? Oh, it's Wikipedia, (laughs) y'all. The issue that only the Grimm's tale is about has the wicked fairy godmother or the 13th fairy. It doesn't carry over to Disney. It's only three. But anyway, that's another rabbit hole. There's some talk about it in there. And that Tales of Enchantment is what Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine used to write Into the Woods. And their witch, their witch, who's really complicated. Yeah. And again, mistreated. And the song she sings to Rapunzel. And and the magic. Yeah. I cry so hard every time. I know. Also, Bernadette Peters. Mm. Fucking amazing. That's what I was going to say. And we were talking. I know dragons 
are supposedly bad <laughs> because they go around burning villages and, you know, just for the hell of it and whatever. But do they? Do they really? They eat young maidens that are sacrificed virgins. They have to be virgins for some reason. Dragons only want virgins. I don't know. But my dragon says bullshit. <laughs> he calls bullshit as Aunt Francis does. <laughs> I would love to also point out that those are Western dragons. Oh, yeah. Because not Eastern. Chinese dragons are auspicious and yes. kind and actually more related to water oh, than to fire. Have you seen that film? Oh, Aquafina's in it. Are you talking about the one with Simu Liu? The, the superhero movie? No. Oh. It's the oh, it's Raya an animated version. Yes, thank I you. I have not watched it yet. Oh, y'all, it's so good. Uh, but Such, I, yeah, I love dragons. And I love, I love the dragons in Avatar The Last Airbender because they are East Asian, but they are also, ch- they're, they're fire dragons. Oh, okay. And they taught the firebenders how to firebend. And yeah. it's just really cool and they're like a they're like a blessing yeah whereas western dragons are generally depicted as hoarding and and destructive and to me dragons have always been kind of an allegory of overreaching and abusing resources yes because if you weren't fucking up their house they wouldn't want to burn your village to the ground nope and if you weren't trying to go in and kill their eggs or steal their eggs or like get their scales and shit because that's a huge thing is like dragon scales and claws and teeth and yeah and it's like of course they're ornery i also would be (sighs) yeah i i too would burn your village to the ground are we seeing a theme here with western patriarchy (laughs) sorry guys sorry i'm not picking on all guys you know that we know a lot of you but patriarchy is different than just yeah patriarchy is a system yeah and and it hurts everybody yeah and anytime anything is powerful other than them they color it with the paintbrush of evil (laughs) yeah patriarchy hurts everybody toxic masculinity hurts everybody but especially men like Mm -hmm. it's it's all bad oh yeah it's all bad. And speaking of toxic. Yeah. The one part of the new Maleficent movie that yeah. I really remember because it hurt me so badly. If you, this is a content warning yeah, for sexual it, yeah. assault. If you don't want to hear about this part of this movie, skip ahead about. I'll put it in the show Like notes. a minute and a half. Yeah. But the scene where, God, I'm so jealous. I can't crunch on ice. Because I have sensitive teeth and I'm like watching you and I'm so jealous. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. It's I can do it with my back teeth, but it's not my front. And you all won't hear that. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll cut the. I'll cut my crunching because if you heard that. But I'm <laughs> jealous because I love. I used to love to crunch ice. Um. Anyway, the part of the film that stuck with me the most for a number of reasons was the scene where this boy that she has that Maleficent has become friends with drugs her steals her wings and leaves her in the forest and it is not even a thinly veiled rape allegory like it is not even a metaphor Mm-mm. really and it was incredibly triggering to watch that's like the part of the story i remember most and it's hard for me to remember the rest of the story of the movie i remember how it ended i think but i remember being deeply affected by that and then also just being mad because like why why does pain have to be the reason for a woman's story particularly pain inflicted on a trusted male companion yeah that does no good for the male companion either Mm -mm. i mean what is that teaching the men in our lives yeah it's teaching us that it's teaching young boys that what they want is more important than the bodily safety and autonomy of the women in their lives. Well, and what I hate even more to add another layer to that is the fact that his father pushes him to do it. Yeah. It's not his idea originally. He doesn't want to. And then all of a sudden, no, he does want to because it's the masculine thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And like familiar pressure is a real thing. It is. A hundred percent. But at the end of the day, he did it. Yeah, he did. And he wasn't, didn't have a gun to his head, you know what I mean? No, he did not. He could have walked away. And if I were her, I also would hate everyone in that kingdom for betraying, like, 
Mm-hmm. He's the representative of that kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. So why shouldn't she think that everybody is like that there? Because she's not of them. Like Mm-mm. she's a fairy. That's incredible. And so they're completely different. And so her only context for how humanity mm-hmm. is, is that. I'll go a step further also with the rape allegory. And that is he didn't just rape her. He left her for dead because she can't fly anymore. She can't take care of herself very well. She she can't help the people that she or the creatures that she was helping before because she can't. She doesn't have something essential. And that also goes to when a woman is raped and her magic is suppressed and taken from her and it takes a long time to get it back because your soul part of your soul is just crushed it hurts yeah yeah and it's like it's missing for a long time and you have to you have to search for it and get it back which also the movie does Mm -hmm. and but it's a painful horrible long process of healing that women should not have to go through no one should have to go yeah through no that. one thank you for saying that but, anybody but not men not what people with wombs not women nobody should have to nobody because should. make no mistake i know men also experience this yeah. sometimes they don't report it as much though because yeah. of <laughs> toxic male toxicity yes thank you yeah yeah so that's the only part of that film that i really remember i remember that she like does awesome forest magic yeah she saves oh what does she call her oh my gosh i know so well and she calls her the little beastie (laughs) hello beastie i just and she has to save her over and over again because the fairies are so freaking stupid yeah the fairies are (laughs) so dumb in this movie so dumb and i remember thinking that's hilarious Mm -hmm. because i don't know there's a little bit of that in the cartoon the oh yeah fauna yeah. The green one? Yeah. Kind of a ding-dong? And I think it's Imelda Staunton who plays the real dumb one in this one. Yes, I could and be Imelda wrong. Staunton is... Oh, my gosh. So... Her. She's so funny and talented. And, and if you don't know who she is, but you know the Harry Potter world, she plays the evil, awful, Dolores Umbridge. woman, Dolores Umbridge. Yeah. But she's also in myriad myriad films yeah as most english actors are much ado about nothing she's just adorable and a half That's right she plays margaret yeah poor yeah. margaret i know i know oh she's in so many great things so many great things yeah, yeah. anyway okay forest magic. so forest magic and we won't go back to that other stuff so it'll be safe from here on out mm-hmm. yeah she does she's incredibly powerful yeah. And not at all destructive. Mm-mm. Well, no, and she wasn't beforehand. No. She was just keeping this magical world safe from humans who had also tried to destroy it once before. And see, that was the other thing. It is also a metaphor for resources and stealing the magic of the earth, stealing the magic of women and other creatures because they want to, they think there's something awesome in there that they can use for their kingdom, either treasures or oil. <sighs> There's a really important thing that I have to remind myself all the time. Mm -hmm. And I would do my best work to remind other folks in my life who have a hard time adapting to the current world, which is some stuff's not for you. Mm -hmm. Like some stuff's just not for you. And some stuff's just not for me. And... The thing that capitalism and the patriarchy and the concept of having to grasp and grow and, and, and increase your wealth and, and your, your conquest and your size of your kingdom or whatever, it doesn't understand that some stuff's just not for you. It works from a place of like complete entitlement. And that is what is so difficult about this story for me is the like, the entitlement to exert your will over somebody else's life, mm-hmm. which is kind of the sort of center problem mm-hmm. of a lot of the conflict in this film. Yeah. I think there are so many layers of magic that we can take from this story. You know, the wounded healer, 
I I totally, now that I'm getting so into astrology, want to do their charts <laughs> and figure out what was going on in the stars when they were all born. But the there's another symbolism, and I think fairies, the way that they are imagined, not just by Western culture, but, well, maybe just by Western culture, but with the wings and is that fairies are reminiscent of angels, the way that they are created in these films. And there are good angels and bad angels. And there's light and there's dark. Mm-hmm. It's and very binary. Yeah, it is very binary. But when we as storytellers move beyond that, move past that foundation that was laid and, and now we we get to create a new foundation and we get to create new stories either with these archetypes or actual characters or not just ones that we come up with our own is the magic that is in that other stardusty (laughs) place that, you know, the, the higher universe, the stars, the, the place that we all talk about when we see and feel our magic, if we're practicing it, the energy, and you can see those vibrations, that magic, for one thing, done very well with CGI in this film, but also that's the magic that they want. That's what they want. And they can't quite identify it. And here's what they don't get is that they have it already. They don't have to come for somebody else's. Yeah. Have you, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say to that exact point, have you watched the dragon prince on Netflix? I have not. It's an animated show. And I know you don't know if necessarily love cartoons, but I love cartoons. Who am I thinking of? Tammy. Tammy. Yeah. Well, it's a great cartoon, and there are two worlds. There is the world that like can just use the natural magic around them, and then mm. the world that has to destroy things to get magic from them. Yeah. And it's fascinating, and it's yeah. beautiful animation, and it's it's really a great little show. Oh. I think there's two, maybe three seasons. Mm. I haven't caught up yet, but I, I'll have to watch. It's Summoning Spruce. Anne does that a little bit in her book. I don't think it's exactly the same thing. I think it's, if I'm remembering the book correctly, Anne, sorry if I'm not, the the blood magic, which in her world, it's not that the blood magic itself is bad, but what you have to do to access the blood magic is bad. And and it's often used just for evil. And, sure. Yeah. Which I think is too bad because mm-hmm. I do blood magic. I do too. With my own. I do too. Well, and I see, that's why I think that it's the way it's used, not mm. that it's used yeah. in, in Anne's book. But is that true for the show you were just talking The Dragon Prince? It's definitely like any magic you do in the human realm requires the destruction of a magical creature. Oh my God. Yeah. It's whack. It's really fascinating. Oh. It's a beautiful show. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that breaks my heart. I hope that you watch it. I think that you would I like think it. I will. It's also like really sweet and really funny and there's a good brotherly sort of relationship in there and it's just it's got good it's got a deaf character. It's mm. who signs, like there's signing yeah. in the show. It's got it's got all kinds of really good representation in it. Wow. Yeah. I like that very very much. And a new series. I could use one right now that has a little bit of love and magic in it. Yeah. It's definitely got that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like super fun, intense adventure, you know? I like that too. Yeah. I'm trying to learn more sign. that I know a little bit, but not very much. I know but just I'm, enough to be dangerous. Yeah, right? Yes. I'm sure I could offend somebody very easily. But I'm trying to learn some for Cody. And he's taking to it very well. <laughs> Thank you for the kisses. It's such good kisses. I want to talk about all the fairies. Yeah, let's do it. And their blessings. Because when I was, this show, this movie came out long, long, long before I was even alive. And you. We weren't alive yet. Mm -mm. My mom was five. 1959. Tammy was was a year old. Five when this movie came out. Oh my gosh. And there's, it's one of the first things I ever watched where I watched someone cast a spell. Because those little (laughs) rhyming, like, Mm-hmm. lips that shame the red red rose that whole situation is obviously spells like we're watching them oh, do yeah. spells they're doing quote-unquote blessings on uh-huh. this child and it's a gift and it was the first i think real representation that i can remember anyway 
of magic, a spell being done yeah. in a movie. And Linda Wooverton, who we referred to at the beginning of this episode, she grew up in Long Beach, the California area, so near Anaheim, near Disneyland. And if you have been to Disneyland, which Corey has, and so have I, there's a magic show and fireworks at the end of the night, and it's all about Maleficent being so evil and awful, and, and the dragon comes out, and it's absolutely beautiful. So beautiful, and the music is so oh. beautiful. And those purples, and those blacks, and the greens. Mm. And my uncle, they lived in, in Orange County. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Kelsey. I know you have to deal with this. But he was one of the people who lived in Orange County. But every time we went down, he took us to Disneyland. And we would sit and wait to see the magic show, and he would go away. My Aunt Myrna was like, oh, Bob, get over it, Uncle Robert, because it was magic, and they were casting spells, and it was evil, and that dragon was e I mean, oh, my gosh. One of those big TBN works for them kind of thing, and it was just wild. Yeah. The Bible does not say that, y'all. Yeah. It just doesn't. I would also like to talk about queer coding Please. in Disney villains. Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. it's a problem. Oh, and fat. Like, it's and, a huge problem. Yeah. And fat phobia. Oh, yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. Ursula. But like... Ursula. Scar is so queer coded. Oh, he so he is. He's the gay oh. uncle in the biggest way. And it sucks that they made him be evil. Yeah. Because they also made him slightly effeminate. They did. And he's thinner. He's thinner. The way he moves is a little more graceful, sinewy, slinky. Mm -hmm. And it's just once, it's one of those things that once you see it, you unfortunately cannot see it. Mm -hmm. And far smarter people than me have written incredible articles about mm -hmm. it. And I encourage you to look that up because it doesn't just, it's not just Disney. No. Horror films have an incredibly storied history of really terrible treatment of queer characters. Mm hmm. But what's funny, not funny haha -ha necessarily, but what's funny to me is that people my age are now like, of course I'm a bitch. Like, of course I am like a fabulous bitch. Look at my role models when I was growing up. These were the people that I related to. These were the people that I saw myself in. Of course I dress like a queer-coded Disney villain. Like, mm. of course I am making an entrance everywhere I go like a Maleficent, like, and people like embracing that is really mm -hmm. beautiful for me to see. I love Ursula. And the older I, I get, too. the older I get, the more I'm like, Ursula was trying to tell Ariel that human men ain't shit. Not only that, she had a really good reason to be angry because her brother stole the crown. Yeah. That's a whole nother, That's a whole nother rabbit thing. hole. And she tries to tell mm -hmm. Ariel the men up there don't like a lot of blather and they think a girl that gossips is a bore. Like, keep your mouth shut. You know that thing you do beautifully, the singing and the speaking? Don't do that because they won't like it. He won't like it. And she, like, she didn't hear that and go, what? <laughs> That's maybe I'm rethinking this a little bit. Like, it's anyway. So fat and queer people constantly coded as villains. Mm. I think that that is also true of Maleficent. She gives off angry, like, queer aunt energy. Mm -hmm. For most of that film, she's the person in the family that rolls up to the reunion an hour late with a way too fancy cool outfit on <laughs> and, like, a bag full of weed. She's the black sheep of the family mm -hmm. in a big, big way. And I think that while it sucks that people who identified with that had to feel like they were somehow wrong or bad. I'm grateful to see that people in the current world we live in and growing up from that are instead embracing it as a kind of power. Because it is. Yeah. Make no mistake. It's time to stop being polite. That's one of the first things you get taught in self-defense class is fuck polite. If you listen to my my favorite murder, you know they say fuck politeness all the time. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, oh yes, because that's what Yes, because that's what gets people killed. Women killed. Yeah. Um You don't owe anybody directions nope. anywhere. You don't owe anybody a conversation. 
They don't need to look at your watch. There's a weird <laughs> thing that I hear sometimes that's like, well, you don't want to come across as, I don't know, insert word here, frigid, overbearing, cold, distant. Why not? And it's like, well, why not? Like, why not? It doesn't matter to me if some stranger at the bus stop thinks I'm a frigid bitch. In fact, I hope he does. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter to me if somebody I don't know thinks that I'm cold or unapproachable. Please don't approach me. They'll probably never see you again. And if they do, then they'll get to know you. And Yeah. Yeah. And most people should realize, especially at a bus stop, yeah. that of course you're protecting yourself. There was a great episode of Designing Women where- Oh, I haven't heard that name in a long all, time. Right? <laughs> all these women from that show are- are doing great stuff right now, like Gene Smart and Hacks. And it was Annie, Ghostbusters and Corvette Summer and all those good things. She is taking a self-defense class. And one of the things that they told you back in the 80s, one of the things that they taught you back then and teach you now, actually, do not get into an elevator from a parking lot with one man in the elevator. Sorry again, guys, but, you know, your your gender has, like traditionally shown anyway the episode goes on and this guy is like oh no i'll hold the elevator door for you i'll hold it for you blah blah blah, blah. and she's like no stay back and she's like Shh. and she gets upstairs and he's a potential client she's like oh my god i'm so sorry and he goes no you shouldn't be i should be i should have known i teach my daughter the same thing that you just did i just wasn't thinking my politeness was like oh no come on up and i didn't let you say no yeah and it's just it's an episode that obviously burned into my brain yeah. at you know 18 ish yeah there is no reason anybody should have to get into a situation with anybody mm -hmm. where they don't feel safe nope ever yeah and if waiting for the next elevator makes you feel safer do that and if not parking in a dark corner of somewhere makes you feel safer don't park there yeah. like you are allowed to take the steps you need to make yourself feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Maleficent did. Yeah. She built up barriers around herself, developed behaviors that would protect her from further hurt. Mm -hmm. She just happened to have incredible magic at her disposal to do that. Part of me is like, why didn't she? Like, I would have. She's a, probably a better person than me, but I would have immediately immediately been like, well, I'm coming for your ass now. Like, that would have been me. And She I, couldn't until she healed. Right, she couldn't until she healed, but like my all my every thought would have been vengeance. And mm -hmm. that is also how I re react in real life. Mm -hmm. But I, it's, they are so lucky in that kingdom that her choice was healing mm -hmm. and seclusion instead of vengeance. Yeah. Because she is incredibly powerful and that makes people afraid and that makes people, fear makes people mean and dangerous mm -hmm. to things they don't understand. And instead of learning and they just get defensive. One of the reasons I was drawn to witchcraft and why I started practicing was for protection and for healing. And I thought when I first started for vengeance and I... I went ahead and fell into the, no, 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 no. I would say I don't believe in vengeance, but I, and I don't. I believe in justice. My justice has started to look differently than other people's. I am amazed sometimes that our BIPOC friends are, are as generous patient. and patient. Yeah. Yeah. For I, hundreds of years. For hundreds of years and well they're because they're systemically squashed down at every turn but yeah but that they don't turn to violence just the opposite of what everybody yeah paints anyway so this one got deep and a little bit heavy because she is she is deep she is and she's highly magical and she's complicated yeah and she was magical before her pain everybody yes. that's so important thank yes. you for saying that yeah you are magical independent mm -hmm. of what has been enacted upon you. Yeah. You were magic the moment you were oh, the moment you were born. The yeah. moment a soul entered your body. 
And sometimes that magic, actually, we joke about this all the time with the twins because they weren't supposed to be twins. One of them was lost first and then we joke all the time. Yeah, that one did not want to do this alone. So she went back. And so it, she came on this out during the second pregnancy. And we all believe that all yeah. of us <laughs> because but you are born with that and we lose it or it's taught out of us yeah. or it's conditioned it's out of conditioned us. yeah to not believe in and i want to change that for every little baby out there that's born and i'm so happy that Connellan's having kids <laughs> yeah and I, yeah yeah i think to that exact point i am grateful if a little jealous mm. of the media for children nowadays oh it's awesome not all of it, but most of it. Steven Universe, Kipo and mm. the Age of the Wonder Beasts, Dragon Prince, Gravity Falls. Just all of Centaur World even. Yeah. Which is silly, magic. silly as hell. Yeah. But like there are relationships and bodies and concepts being represented that if I had had when I was little, mm -hmm. my emotional education would not have had to be so difficult yeah like so difficult and i swear to god if one more person tells me how self-aware i am i'm going to beat them to death i'll try not to tell her that uh, because, <laughs> because i i do i do that proud thing every yeah. once in a while and i usually it's the same thing as women not wanting to be told how like um, how how like oh you're so resilient I'm tired is what I fucking yeah. am, actually. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to be resilient anymore. Yeah. And self-awareness hurts, <laughs> but it's important work. Mm -hmm. And everybody, almost everybody who's ever told me I'm self-aware has used it instead of helping me to, like, oh, I'm sorry, learn Corey. new tools to, like, deal with that self-awareness. Yeah. And I'm so grateful because I have a great therapist. And one day in our very first sessions... She was like, you're really aware of the fluctuations in your mood and your body and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, please do not tell me I am self-aware. And she <laughs> went, heard that a few times. And I went, yeah. She was like, I won't. But I will point out when you're doing a good job of identifying your thoughts and feelings. Yeah. And I was like, okay, great. Do that. Yeah. I, I hesitate sometimes. I tell my students sometimes, and I usually preface it with, I hope you don't find this insulting. <laughs> I know I'm not your mother, but I'm proud of you. Oh, yeah. And I like hearing that from people, even my peers and stuff. So I do like to pass it on. But you have to be careful. Not everybody likes it. So just a lot of people have difficulty receiving that. aware of that. Yeah. We've gone down a couple tangents, but hopefully it's been helpful and hopefully you find a way to take this story and many other stories and myths and energies that you're finding out in the universe to tell a different story yeah, and to recondition your brain and make new pathways through your hippocampus to those islands if you've watched in and out because that's going to help you access your magic. And if you want your magic for, you know, protection or protecting others or healing or elongating, you know, a life because something needs to be done or helping somebody ease their transition or helping, you know, magical new being into the world or communicating with the aliens that are up above. Just so much magic to be had. And for those of you who did become self-aware without all the pain, I'm so happy for you. God, congratulations. I love that. Yeah. For you. And I know some of you are out there and I just, I don't resent that in any way, shape or form. I love that. And those are the stories we want to start hearing. I want to hear more joy. Yeah. yeah. I want to hear if you've had, yeah, my parents were great and I did this and I knew that and blah, blah, blah. We want to hear that because those are the stories we want our kids and our grandkids and goddaughters and godsons and god theys to, <laughs> to have in their lives. I am finally at a place where like when I hear somebody has a good relationship with their dad, I'm like stoked for them instead of jealous and mad about it because, you know. We need to see these stories through the lens of, of joy. And yeah. also, I think 
if this episode does nothing else for you, I hope that it encourages you to look at the stories that you're told mm-hmm. with a critical eye. Critical doesn't mean bad. That let's let's head out and give some sparks. Yeah, I have some let's sparks. Let's do it. Before we do sparks, we got a couple new patrons today. Oh yeah. But I haven't gotten confirmation about whether we can shout them out oh, yet. Okay. So just so you know, we're thinking of you and we'll reach out and get a little thing from you to say if it's okay if yes, we say yeah. thank you by name but yeah, thank, thank you thank you thank you thank you what's your spark my spark will be easy for you okay but but it is more than one person i'm shouting out a couple of witches in our community that are being brave and they are starting to offer their services to people and one of them is actually you can or actually I think it's not actually you can it's actually can yep her name is Kelly she gave me I I I know I put her up on our stories like a year ago she gave me a reading one of the best readings I've ever had helped me make a huge gigantic decision I think I'm actually about to go back to her for something else and she has services she's now offering tarot readings regularly that you can book with her and Horner Darling is also doing the same thing and she had a shop and I didn't know She's got some really cool stuff there. So please, please go check that out. But also, she's she's wonderfully poetic and insightful. And the guides talk to her all the time. So those are my two sparks. I love that. Thank you. I love that. And you're right. That is easy for me because I can just tag mm-hmm. them. It's not like an abstract concept, nope. which is always really fun for me to try to figure out how to like I'm trying. How do I represent this visually? <laughs> I'm trying to pre-think about those now when I do them. I appreciate them. They're no. always very valuable Your and library. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The firefighters. Anyway. God, I love the library. Meow. Me too. Hey. River also loves the library. Mm-hmm. She does. My spark mm-hmm. is a show. Yeah. On Dropout TV, but I think you can also watch it on YouTube. And it is a D&D show. Oh. And it's not new. I think it's about a year old, but it's A Court of Fae and Flowers because I knew we were doing Maleficent and she's a fairy. So it's a Dimension 20 series. And so it's D&D in the dome. And it is DM'd by Abria Ayangar. And it is... It's an incredible cast of players, and it's basically, it's a fey realm regency romance campaign. Ooh. So there's like scandal and gossip <laughs> and and magic, and it's really, really incredible. And I've got my mom actually hooked on Dimension 20 now, like in a big way. So we watch it like every night, which is nice because I've been wanting to catch up. But A Court of Fey and Flowers is a single season and it's it's joyful. It's joyful and it's fun and it's creative. And even if you don't think you would like a show that is a D&D real play, it is it is some of the best storytelling and it's collaborative storytelling like in the moment. The only kind of improv you will ever catch this bitch ever doing. <laughs> I cannot stand improv, but I love improv in this way mm-hmm. i can bullshit like nobody but i do not enjoy improv but i i cannot <laughs> seriously recommend enough pretty much every dimension 20 series that i've seen and this one in particular which i am on episode like five of i think and they're just good they're just nice. good and abria is such a good storyteller that her way with words is unparalleled so please 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 check it out and drop out if you decide to do it it's like five or six bucks a month or something and there's it feels unlimited the content and there's fun game shows and there's fun like sketch series and it's just really good it's the same folks who did college humor it's like dropout came oh. from college humor which started out as like a total broy weird internet show channel and is now like an incredible inclusive impactful 
network. Wow. Yeah. And is it Ibrea? Abria. Abria Iyengar. Iyengar. Saving Throw Show. Yeah, Ricky she okay. she also has DM'd a couple times for the McElroy Brothers for the Adventure Ooh. Zone. And she's just... Critical Role. Yeah, she's been on Critical Role. She's just incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So please watch thank it. Thank you. <sighs> well, hey, everybody. Thanks for coming along for this one. Yeah. Big topics, big yeah. concepts. Yeah. I'm about to go eat a big burger. Yeah. <laughs> so until next time. Be well. Act with intention. And don't forget, you are magic. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington, 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.